Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening at the movies. I am your amazingly excited host, Case to Be, because we are finally back doing a traditional episode. I know we did a traditional episode during the brief Stephen King birthday bonanza month, but it's fixing to get busy again because I need to get back on track. So this is an evening at the movies, everybody's favorite movie-based podcast, where we eat stale popcorn and drink watered-down sodas and discuss all of our favorite movies and why we absolutely love them. Unless it's rubber, then we don't. <laughs> so if you could love not... to hate it, <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> so judging by the female voice in the background everybody should know i don't need to introduce her but out of respect for my plobster i will we are joined tonight by the amazing co-host that i have miss her royal pain in my ass herself queenie amanda cole hopper welcome back queenie uh thank you sorry sorry um there no was a no, there was a KitchenAid commercial on TV with all the different attachments and different <coughs> bowls. And uh, sorry, I had a tiny orgasm. Okay, I'm here now. Um, First of all, there should be no TV watching and orgasming. I'm unless sorry. It, unless it is the colorful mixers caught my attention. It needs to be. A, you can have TV orgasms as long as it is Fear Fest related. Well, KitchenAid mixers do that for me too. At Nebraska Furniture Mart, they have an entire wall full of KitchenAid mixers in all the different colors. And every time I look at it, I just feel like I'm in my happy place. <laughs> They're so beautiful. And anyway. I, and I believe the phrase you are looking for is, anyway. anyway. Yes, I'm here. Thanks for having me. AMC Fear Fest on in the background. Uh, George is out of town. I'm sitting here with my, my champs. Life's good. Because you always have to have the alcohol when discussing this franchise. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way either. Whatever. Halloween, any, any, anything I like. The second greatest horror franchise of all time. First. But I am here for the sole purpose of A, I wanted to review this movie because I think it's an extremely underrated hidden gem, but I am going to convince people that I am right because Colin and I did a whole episode on this and he still hasn't launched that podcast yet. Um, Colin is doing a podcast coming up about basically unpopular opinions and you debate them. And so my unpopular opinion was Halloween three is a fantastic movie. So we spent a whole lot of time talking about it at length and I think I can still convince people that this is a great movie. So I'm ready. So on that note, um, my amazing co-host officially let the cat out of the bag. We will be discussing the 1982 horror movie. You have to say the whole name. Do I need to do it? You big baby. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. So, before we get into that, though, really quick, I want to remind everybody that this is the premiere episode of 
an evening at the movies Halloween Horror Fest 2022. And barring any unforeseen setbacks, you over the next six weeks, because we're doing an extended Halloween Horror Fest this year. because, Because why wouldn't we? Well, why wouldn't we? But at the same time, everybody has a very busy schedule over the next two weeks, and it's going to be a yes. pain in the ass to try and get all of these episodes done before Agreed. Halloween. So, with that said, what you can look forward to over the next six weeks, um, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Thank you. Today, which will probably be the last time you ever hear those words come out of my mouth again. Um. As well as this weekend, we will be releasing our Halloween Ends episode because, let's be honest, Halloween ends on Friday morning when Queenie and I roll the hell out of bed. And Abby will be making her second appearance on an evening at the movies. For Halloween Ends. Yes. As well as... I'm excited to have Abby back on the show because that's not the only time theoretically on paper we have Abby coming back for Halloween Horror That's Fest. true. We have, we're going to revisit It 1990 at some point in the next six weeks Yes, because I did It last year and I did it as a solo episode and I'm not a huge fan of my solos so some of those over the next six months to a year we're going to revisit and try and up the listenership for well so, and that one was abby's choice too so that yes be, and that was fun. that was the key thing was abby wanted to come on the show and i'm excited to have abby back for something more than just a brief five minute these are my thoughts on Coraline. you know what oh that's right she did did she did jump in for Coraline? That's right. That's what it was. Okay, We're my bad. That much time. Yeah, it was her first time. She was nervous. I was nervous too, but I did freaking two and a half hours with. That's true. Mr. Arnold on the crow. And like three hours on the sit list. No, I did like five and a half hours with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, <sighs> okay, so no more dragging the feet. Um, as well, Hocus Pocus one and two um next week i will be recording the exorcist as well as get out and then we are debuting another new style of episode where we're going to have old school versus new school and for that episode we will have yours truly hosting and not competing this time because i suck at competing but we'll have on the old school side of things, we'll have Havandre, Havandre debating the merits of The Exorcist versus on the new so new school side of the equation, Dre will be debating the merits of Get Out versus The Exorcist. And we are going to let Her Royal Highness decide the winner of the two. Yes. And it's going to be tough, but I will be 100%. I will be 100% objective. Um, We're going to do a modified Lincoln Douglas style type debate similar to what 
uh, what Casey and I did for Barney versus Joey. So yeah, we I need did. to I need to write my questions so they can prepare their their stuff. So, but yeah, that's what's coming up over the remainder of October and most of November, and we'll decide how holiday ho 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 fest is going to go when we get there as well but as well we also have sometime next month amanda and i will be announcing the matchups for the first round of the greatest movie franchise bracket of all time too so stay tuned for that busy 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 do and that's just what we've got going up on an evening at the movies right then you have what we have coming up on the SIP list because we've always got just as much coming up on the SIP list. Plus you have, what are we doing on Masturbators? What are we doing on Bracket Bastards? What are we doing on... Michael Musical Musicings. Yeah. <laughs> the one that Amanda still can't pronounce even though she's been on the Oh, show. I can. I just choose not to. I like my <laughs> version better. <laughs> True. So, anyway, are we ready to deep dive into... The movie. We are. <laughs> I'm not going to do happy, it. Happy, happy Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Okay. Silver so, Shamrock. really quick. Um, season of the Witch. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. You don't get to just change the name of a movie. I can change whose podcast is this and michael myers is in this movie so you can't actually say that for what a second and a half yeah but he breaks the fourth wall that's all he has to do job done see you later true all right sorry go ahead either way halloween three season of the witch thank you released on october 22nd 1982 almost 40 years ago to the day Oh, yeah, we're just 10 days away from that. I didn't even realize that until I just looked at the date. Uh, let's see. It was Happy 40 years, Halloween 3, Tommy Lee Wallace, and all the other people that worked on it. Sorry, but Well, I mean, the movie was written and directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. It was produced by Johnny C. and Debbie Hill. Because that was their stipulation for coming back and doing Halloween 3 was it could not be a direct sequel to Halloween 2. It had to be an anthology style sequel. So, Which is why we get what we got by way of. That's what I read online anyway. No, no, no. So you're right. The only thing I was going to say is that it wasn't actually at first written by Tommy Lee Wallace. Um, no, because they wanted... It was... I, I do remember that. they, The original writer had like everything written out in the studio, I think, wanted more violence. Yes. So and it was... he was like, no, no, no. And he's like, well, yes, yes, yes. And they're like, well, then fine, then I'm out. So they gave everything right. over to Tommy Lee. So it was Nigel Neal who actually wrote some of the hammer movies um and then yeah all that happened and then tommy lee wallace rewrote it and 
supposedly kept about 60% of what Nigel wrote. But Nigel didn't want his name attached to it because he thought it was shit. So there you go. Tee hee. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, the movie was released by Universal Pictures and would be the last movie that Universal Pictures was involved with until. Bum, bum, bum. Halloween 2018. 2018. Uh, it had a budget of $2.5 million. $2.5 dollars. Would you like to guess how much money it made or lost? It lost money. I don't know how much, but I know it lost money. Uh, I'm going to guess it lost half a mil. No. No? It money. Okay. Not a lot of money, but it made money. Oh, I read that it lost money. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, it may as well be a fucking loss. It only made $14.4 million. Mm. According to what I found online. I believe you. So, in the 40 years since its release, that $14.4 million would be the equivalent of it making... About $44.1 million today, which is not a lot of money by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, for real. So, um, uh, average estimated audience, um, movie tickets back in 1982 usually averaged about $2.94 a ticket. Jesus Christ. Wow. What must that be like? <laughs> Right. Okay, I just saw Halloween 3 in the theater because I wanted to see it on the big screen. And I paid like $14 for my ticket. Uh-huh. I mean, it was remastered and whatever. I get that. And I got to watch it in a theater. But still, shit. It was yeah. cool, though. I'm not going to complain. It was fun. So, um, yeah. So, at a $2.94 a ticket, approximately 4.8 million people saw Halloween 3. Wow, that's yeah. it? Again, very, very underwhelming, especially considering what 78 and Halloween 2 both did too. Well, I have comments about that, but I'll wait until we get to that. So, um, new little interesting fact though, and I'm I know I'm going to get three words thrown at me as soon as I say it. But this movie scored 47% on the Rotten Tomatoes. So does rot Rotten Tomatoes constantly updates when people fuck Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> no, no, I, I think you're right. I think Rotten Tomatoes does update. And because I think it probably wasn't that high before. No, because I, all of the stuff I read about this movie while I was, pre was preparing my notes was completely unfavorable for this movie back in 1982. You know what we're going to do? We're going to make this fucking episode go viral. And I personally will be responsible for boosting this movie's rankings on Rotten Tomatoes. That's what we're going to do. 
I'm going to convince people that this is a good movie. That they need to watch it and give it a chance. And, and for all the reasons that I'm going to list and we're going to boost its score. Fuck Rotten Tomatoes, but we're still going to do it. <laughs> so I just responded to Amanda's challenge and we're not going to verbally say what I just did because I don't want to spoil my review. But okay. I actually have a nice little review written for this movie. Sweet. That may or may not surprise my co-host. Um, okay. I'm not going to go down the whole cast list because it's, well, it's not that long, but um, just the significant portions of this. Um, there are two uncredited appearances in this movie one by the man who played the shape in halloween 2 dick warlock dick warlock is credited he's in the credits not according to what i read it said Uh, according to the movie we watched today he's in the credits i saw it fucking watch as soon as that shit blacked out i closed that fucking window out all right well he's in the credits he's listed as assassin that's what he was listed as gone the other one is truly uncredited yeah because even you admit you didn't freaking realize that she was in it no I did I thought you were saying I misunderstood what you were saying it took me a minute I meant that I saw her in the I thought you meant that you saw her and I was like no no and then I was like oh he's talking about the voiceovers okay yes so but yes, the curfew announcer and the telephone service provider voices in the movie are provided by Miss Lori Strode herself, Jamie Lee Curtis. Woo woo. So, um, do 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 do. Like really quickly, I mean, you got the three main characters of the movie, um. Tom Atkins plays Dr. Dan Chalice. Um, Yeah, Amanda got a little chubby right there. Yep. Uh, Stacey Nelkin plays Ellie Grimbridge. Dan and Dan O'Herlihy plays Connell Cochran. No, 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 no. I need to do 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 one more. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the one you love. Yeah. (laughs) Dr. Dan's wife. Ex-wife. Well, ex-wife in the movie. (laughs) Linda Chalice is played by Nancy Keys, who, if you are a fan of the Halloween franchise, you will know, is the woman who played Bump, Bump, Bomb. Annie Brackett. Annie Brackett. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm not writing down the rest of the cast list. Yeah. I love point, oh sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, go no, ahead. I, I was just gonna say, I was gonna say that I love that this movie was like a family affair, kind of like how it was like bringing back all the old people. So and movies they had done together. So like the fog, that's Jamie Lee Curtis, it's Nancy Keys, it's you know, John Carpenter, and and then you know. Tommy Lee Wallace, I think, was part of that. And then 
you know, they were all on Halloween and then Dick Warlock's part of Halloween too. And, the, and all these people are part of this movie. So it's just, I love how they all like had this little family that banded together to make all these different movies. Well, realistically, even though Halloween is not about a fucking bloodline, it is very family oriented, not directly audience wise family oriented. That's not what I meant, but I knew what you meant. You know, there's connections throughout the entire franchise to I know what I want to say, but I mean <clears throat> for the most part, I mean you have like okay, and obviously one, two, and three, you have the connections all back to 78. Even in like Return of Michael Myers, you have a picture of Jamie looking at her mom. Mom, not mom, Lori Strode, a young Jamie Lee Curtis. Bubble. And her last name is Lloyd, which alludes to the fact that Lori would have married Jimmy because his last name was Lloyd and that her and Jimmy are Jamie's parents. But I just think John Carpenter had this trope that he liked to he a troop rather that he liked to work with. He had an entourage of people that he loved to work with and then helped them go do other things as well. But I you can tell movies where they all kind of worked together, especially him and Deborah Hill. Mm. Like it, it, they just all have it's a very. Well, while. yeah, yeah. During Halloween, they were together, but I think by Halloween three, I'm sure they weren't together anymore. Well, I think Carpenter about the whole pre-production on Halloween two was starting to. <laughs> yeah. But oh, Halloween weird. 2 was the only way he got to make Halloween 3. That was part of the that was part of the agreement. Yeah. So obviously he said he wrote the movie drunk Halloween 2 and didn't want to do it. None of them wanted to do it, but it did allow him to he probably directed most of it drunk too. Yeah. It did allow him to try to make this anthology thing which I don't know, I guess we can get into that later or whatever. Um, yeah, well, we definitely will get into that here rather, rather quickly because, um, well, why don't we just let you try and do your little 90 second beat the clock challenge. Okay. And um, give me two seconds. Well, hold on. Can we pause for like one minute? I will time you. Okay, one and a half. <laughs> Welcome back from that illustrious commercial break. <clears throat> this is everybody's favorite movie-based podcast, an evening at the movies, and Amanda is finally back from whatever it was she was doing. I am ready. Well, then, are we going to 90-second beat the clock now, or are you going to yes. what you were doing? No, I'm ready. Okay. On your mark. Get set. Go. Okay, so 
After the death of her father under an apparent murder-suicide, Ellie Grimbridge and Dr. Dan Chalice decide to investigate the shady activities of Connell Cochran, the owner of Silver Shamrock Novelties Company. Before long, they discover Cochran's diabolical plot to brainwash the children of America and murder them through a mixture of ancient rituals, technology, and witchcraft. They travel to the town of Santa Mira, a small town that manufactures the silver shamrock masks, and they witness all the strange events and proceed their investigation and learn all of the dreadful secrets and decide how to stop Cochran. This Halloween, wearing the mask of a skeleton, a witch, or a pumpkin can be deadly. Will Ellie and Dan thwart the plans of the evil toy maker? Stay tuned to find out. 56 seconds. Woop woop. Almost on the nose. <laughs> You're getting good at this. Because I pre, <sighs> it's because I pre, pre, I pre, I pre prepare it. <laughs> I prepare it. I pre prepare it. <laughs> pre pre pre. I said pre prepare it, which is very. It's just redundant. I prepare it. Okay, so really quick. I'm going to let Amanda share what she wanted to share with us, but I'm going to throw this out here just because it's the only note that I have for this portion. And I'm sure Amanda may have more for us than what I have, but as far as memorable quotes from this movie, I'm going to share the fact that the only thing that really jumped out at me as something that will forever and always be etched in the back of my brain is <coughs> eight more days to Halloween, 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 eight more days to Halloween. So, Silver Shamrock. Happy Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. So, no, basically, um, so in this book, um, Taking Shape, which if you're a Halloween fan and you don't own Taking Shape or Taking Shape 2, you need to. Um, what? Oh. Did you say? Oh, I thought you said garbage. I was like, what? No, 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 no. I said I had to take out the garbage after we get. Oh. There. <laughs> <coughs> totally not what I said, but. <coughs> oh, okay. I danced my way out of trouble really quick on that one. <coughs> okay. So basically, the thing with Halloween. <coughs> Are you all right? Yeah, dry throat. John Carpenter wanted Halloween to be an anthology series. Their plan was to release a new movie every year with a different story, and the only common denominator would be that it took place in Halloween. We see that now with Creep Show and American Horror Stories and, you know, other trick or treat. And now that's a thing and people like it but john carpenter was trying to invent this show for the, for the horror world anyway and obviously it just didn't pan out so i don't um, think personally i think he may have been and this is my own personal opinion but i think he may have been a little bit ahead of his time with that thought I he's ahead of his time in a lot of things well not with freaking Halloween, he wasn't. Um, oops, did I say that out loud? Uh -oh. 
I'm not bitter. Um, no, I think I I'm not 100 percent sure the American masses were ready for that kind of storytelling per se. Right. Obviously, like Twilight Zone and Alfred Hitchcock Presents and stuff like that did it successfully, but generally when it comes to franchises like Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street. Movies weren't doing it. Yeah, movies were not. It was like Halloween 1 rolled into the next part of that story with Halloween 2. Should have more than likely from what most fans are probably thinking, rolled right into freaking Michael Myers or the return of Michael Myers and not did three. Well, everybody expected three to be a continuation and it wasn't. Yeah, which would have been Halloween three, the return of Michael Myers. And I think that's why it did so poorly because people were expecting, especially after having Friday the 13th and then all these other... Well, this was before Nightmare on Elm Street, but still, Nightmare on Elm Street was 1984. I don't know. Well, then shut up. Learn your shit. <laughs> Excuse me? Um, the thing is, people were expecting this manufactured, okay, it's the same story over and over. The slasher goes and kills all the, you know, horny teens. Big breasted ones. Yes. We should be a rent who are running up the stairs when they should be running out the front door. It's insulting. Thank you, Sydney Prescott. Um, so yeah, the people weren't expecting it. It was a, a derailment from the original idea and what people were wanting. But one Most of the people things... don't like change. Well, that's true. So talking about Nigel Neal, <laughs> I know. So first of all, Nigel's script did not have the robot assassins, which bums me out. I'm glad they added that. It also didn't have Stonehenge. I could do without the Stonehenge thing. Um, yeah, but... I honestly, like I told Amanda when we re watched this, this afternoon, I was like, <clears throat> yeah, it's probably been 10 years since I've seen this. And then we started watching, and it's like, it might be longer because there was a lot of stuff that came up in the course of the movie i'm like i don't remember this yeah but so apparently this was so this is an interview with tommy lee wallace in taking shape um and one of the questions they ask him because this is something i don't think a lot of people know so first of all nigel is british that's relevant to this no this story right (laughs) Um, Nigel's original script was chock full of anti-Irish sentiment, though you ultimately toned that down in the film. And so his response was, he just dumped on them. They were the butt of his ridicule. For me, it was a British version of blatant racism. I shudder to think if he had been raised in the American South, what he would have done with that way of thinking and attitude. (laughs) Right? But yes, we wrote most of that out. I think the biggest benefit to our rewrites was the shaping and toning of the villain, Connell Cochran. The character was a a success, uh, thanks in no small part to the casting of Dan O'Hurley. Connell's monologue about Halloween was mostly Nigel, but we took the nastiness out of it. Yeah. So 
yeah, it's it, it's interesting because it is. It's like this, you know, when you watch the movie, it's clearly this like almost tribal thing. It's basically going back to old school, like old, old school Halloween, like blood sacrifices and stuff like that. Like that's what this guy's trying to do. Well, Um, what would when they first got to what is it, Santa Maria, whatever? Santa Mira. Yeah, Santa Yeah. Mira. What was the first thing I texted you in our little chat? This definitely has a children of the corn vibe. Uh, oh yeah yeah for sure but my thought is I feel like the movie was already pretty anti-Irish so how much worse must it have been like and, and to be fair it wasn't that bad but I'll be you know it's taking Irish and Celtic rituals and whatever and, and vilifying them but Yeah. I, I it'd be interesting to see an original copy of that script of before Tommy Lee Wallace changed it but Yeah, if there's any of those floating around, I'm sure it's probably under lock and key. oh I'm sure I'm sure um but it's interesting that you know because if you read stuff that guy had no problem coming out and blasting the movie because it was too violent and too gory and this and that whatever and it's like yeah but maybe they changed it because you're a racist asshole I mean I don't know that that's racism but it's it's like a version of it because No, and Obviously, Irish and English aren't races. They're nationalities yeah. and cultures, but you get what I'm saying. you also have to consider too. There's obviously always two sides to every story, True. and obviously Nigel's story isn't going to match up with Tommy Lee Wallace or the Akkads. Well, I, I, well, I trust Tommy Lee Wallace. Um, and then Erwin Yoblin said he didn't want his name attached to this movie at all either. So this movie caused a lot of a lot of uproar with people, but I think it's a work of art. Well, we'll get to my thoughts here shortly when we get to the reviews. I want to save all of that for my big reveal that I worked up. Okay. So let's talk about Tom Atkins for a second then. Your free Okay. on your list with George. He is, okay, he is like classic 80s heartthrob. He's like Tom Selleck, but like a blonder version of him. And in all of these movies that he's in back then, The Fog and this one and, oh, what's crap, what's the other one that he's in around that time? I can't remember. He's very much this like sex-driven ladies, playboy, whatever. I mean, clearly he's like, you know, blowing off his ex-wife and his kids to go, you know, traipsing around with this pretty little thing who just lost her dad. But right he was such a sex symbol. And looking at him now, people don't think that, although the mustaches are coming back. But um, it reminds me of this meme that I saw that was like, um, anyone who hates Tom Atkins hates them because he probably fucked their mom. <laughs> He's just so like, especially in the fog too. He's very sexy the way he carries himself, and he's just like you know. I like to call him in this movie Doctor Fucks a lot. When they're in the hotel, where would you like to sleep, Doctor Chalice? I believe you actually called him that during <laughs> our group chat. No, not group I did. chat, but our...
Yeah. Commentary Doctor Fuck's a lot. <laughs> Who wants a mustache ride? <laughs> I want one. I want one. <laughs> Queenie wants a mustache ride. Mustache ride. Mustache ride. Queenie wants a mustache ride. Silver shamrock. <laughs> um. So yeah, he was a good choice for this role. So this movie is just so messed up. I mean, I don't know. I'm not ready to review it, but just to kind of go a little bit more into the the plot line, unless you want to. Well, go ahead. I mean, so this movie is basically, it's sci-fi horror. It's very much like witchcraft meets the computer age. And I mean, yeah, the, like Connell Cochran is a witch. He's basically a male witch. And you know, the Stonehenge thing is kind of, yeah, that's what they're using to get their, you know, evil energy or whatever. But this guy wants to murder children with Halloween masks. Mm-hmm. And and it's not just like a, oh, I'm going to kill some kids. It's like spiders and snakes and bugs and the mask melts into their face and then they get eaten by, like, it's fucking disturbing. With and this was this was portrait. back in a time when you couldn't really kill kids in movies. That's another thing this movie's not afraid of. Because um, you remember when we were growing up, it was like you knew the kids were probably going to be okay. It was like an unspoken rule: you can't kill the little kids. The kids were mostly going to be okay. Yeah. Not in this movie. I mean, they killed that one kid and showed the whole thing, and it was like, Meh. yeah, um, it really did. There was some definitely gruesome imagery in season of the witch yes and then the you know the opening and then all the parts with the commercials it's interesting because they made that for it to be watched in a dark theater or in a dark room to mess with your mind and i could definitely tell watching it in my theater room or in the movie theater versus watching it like in a regular lit room how that flashing and like the whatever like they meant for that to fuck with you and it kind of does well no i actually seen a i believe it was youtube video where they made reference to it even putting it up on the screen before the video starts where this video can cause right seizures if viewed in the right type of atmosphere oh i'm sure the opening is fantastic. The the score, the entire score is amazing. Yes, it's it's 80 synth, but it's it's John if, Carpenter. If you watch Stranger Things and you watch the opening of Halloween 3, there are a lot of similarities in in that music. Oh yeah. Um I even know that and I haven't freaking watched all of Stranger Things yet. Well, you don't have to. I mean, if you know the theme, quote unquote theme song or whatever. But it's very like derivative of that. You oh know? yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure the theme song hasn't changed over four seasons. Right? No, it hasn't. You know, Irish robot killer assassins and Halloween masks that melt your face and kill you, and just I don't know. I'll, it's this whole you know corporate town where basically, I think you. Th- so let me ask you, do you think everyone's a robot? Or do you think just the people that work at Silver Shamrock? Like the hotel owner. Do you think he's a robot or do you think he's a real dude? 
I think he's probably a real dude. I think the townspeople are probably real. You think they're hypnotized or something, though? Because why wouldn't they question what's going on? Out of fear over Cochrane? Yeah, I guess. I mean, that would be my argument as to why real people would do that. That's true. But I get it. There is the other side of the coin, though, too. I mean, I could theoretically see them being androids, too. Right. I mean, they don't really address that or even. Yeah, I mean, it's up for interpretation. I mean, even the movie ended on a freaking cliffhanger. I mean, they did a good job with leaving yeah. open ends at the end of the. I love the ending. Love it. Because, yeah, you don't know. You realize that he saved. And thank God in 1983, there were only three TV channels. <laughs> Could you imagine having to do that now? <laughs> Lord, this movie would not stand the test of time. Because, <laughs> yeah, he literally got two channels to pull it off. And then the third channel, it kept running. And he cut it off. Cut it off. And Stop all, it. Stop it. And then also blackout roll credit. Yep. So. I will say there's a plot hole that kind of bugs me, but maybe it's not a plot hole and I'm just overthinking it. So I'm going to ask your opinion. Oh, there's probably a plot hole. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, this movie has plot. It's, it's cheesy 1980s horror, but. What was my exact words as soon as the credits rolled in that movie this afternoon? This movie is quintessential 1980s sci-fi horror. Well, and it's very reminiscent of like 50s and 60s sci-fi horror. And that's another reason I love it. It's very like encompassing of all these different horror qualities. And it's smart and it's, you know, political if you think about it. But, um, okay, so let me ask you. Okay. The part where, so where they defeat Cochrane, they you know, make the commercial start, they dump all the little sensors and all the robots die and Cochrane dies. In my opinion, that should have made it where all the things didn't work anymore. Did you get that vibe? Or, I, I mean, obviously not, because they continue it with all the kids that have the masks are still going to die from these. But if the Stonehenge isn't working anymore, doesn't that mean those things shouldn't work anymore? That was my thought, but evidently we were both wronger than fucking rain on that one. Or the Stonehenge still works because it's Stonehenge. <laughs> Jesus. The Stonehenge part is so far-fetched. Like, I mean, you could, I could have done without that. You could make the argument that, yeah, you made that comment too during the episode yeah. or during our chat, and I would probably agree with you because that is probably about the biggest most cheesiest part of this movie yeah because without the i mean i guess that's part of the witchcraft but still the the whole science part of it i better, feel like would have made that stuff work you could you could have come up with a better source of yeah black magic or witchcraft or whatever you want to call it we had a time getting it here you think it's fucking stonehenge <laughs> Well, and realistically, how the hell are they going to get it from freaking England to freaking California? 
witchcraft, <laughs> I guess. Well, obviously, it's going to have to go on a boat or a plane or something. And yeah, they had customs back you then. Think, I was going to say, you think that would go through customs? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, does Stonehenge pass the immigration check? <laughs> I mean, how much freaking money and stroke does Cochran have? I mean, a lot, it would seem. Obviously, you can get a big-ass freaking rock through freaking customs. So... Donald Trump in 1982. Exactly. So here's another question. Do you think... Um, ooh, OG Halloween coming on. I believe that Cochran is an actual witch and therefore is probably... When he's talking about the old rituals, I feel like he's probably from those times. Like, he's lived through all of this. Or do you think he's just a mortal man who is trying to do the bidding of his ancestors? I believe he has withstood the test of time. We're getting a deep thoughts on an evening at the movies. I know. We don't normally get this fucking deep. Especially <laughs> for a movie like this. <clears throat> no comment. It, ra it raises a lot of questions, though. I'm just no. saying, there's there's a lot to think about in this movie, despite its cheesy '80s appearance. Exactly. So, so um, <laughs> I think there really only is one other aspect of my fun facts that I had that I wanted to bring up. And that was the fact that um, Halloween 3's paperback novelization was actually more successful than the film was. I have it. Well, I have the PDF, you know. I know, I have the PDF too because you sent it to me. Exactly. Um, let's see. It became a bestseller and was even re-released in 1984. Can Season of the Witch say that? Nope. I mean, I think... Well, I mean, obviously, Season of the Witch has been re-released because you just freaking saw it last weekend at fucking Alamo. Yeah. Well, but Alamo does that stuff. They show all kinds of old movies, so it's not like it's not a re-release so much as they purchased the rights to show it at their theater. Um. I really think this movie would have benefited as being a standalone film. And we've talked about this. If it didn't have the name Halloween attached to it, I think it would have done so well. Because it's very... why I refuse to call it Halloween 3. But you can't refuse to. It is what it is. But I agree if it had just been a standalone movie. I mean, it's very, you know... Like I said, reminiscent of like 50s sci-fi and the thing. And then you've got, you know, the late 70s, early 80s horror mixed into it. You know, you've got the the sex scenes. It's it's a whole just like you've got great mixture rubber, of you've got stuff. the rubber shower scene. <laughs> I mean, you've got a psychotic toy maker who's a witch. And using computers and technology to kill people. Like, it's just. He's basically like John it's perfection on fucking Willy Wonka. Exactly. 
um sorry i'm looking at there's a there's a page in here that has critical reviews um there's not much to say about halloween 3 that hasn't already been said about either of the other two halloween picks or a slew of imitators tired old cliche of a crazed toy manufacturer plot holes big enough to shoot another film through wow well, I mean, there's some truth to those statements, though. I mean. Yeah, this is this one's one of my favorites because it's kind of it kind of partly how I feel about it. But Halloween three manages the not easy feat of being anti children, anti capitalism, anti television and anti Irish all at the same time. It's meant to be funny and frequently is. The sets are unusually good. Mr. Wallace clearly has a fondness for the cliches he is parodying, and he does it with style. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this movie, this movie is very anti-capitalism, which I I find interesting. Especially considering what the eighties were all about. And yeah, that was capitalism like a motherfucker. I mean, this guy's basically pissed off that Halloween's turned into kids going door to door and begging for candy. <laughs> the way he says it. That's freaking the best part of Halloween. But that's not what it used to be. It's kind of like Christmas. Christmas used to be scary. I mean, aside from the Christ part, but like the traditions of like Christmas and like going way, way back. Christmas was like you would tell ghost stories and you know you had Krampus and all this. Like it it was more like Halloween than it was like what Christmas is now. Well, I mean what was that? I just I was yawning at the same time, but I mean I was gonna say, I mean realistically, Christmas is not. If you look at what Christmas was like for like you and I as kids, mm-hmm. and then what Christmas is like for Abby and Carter and Katie and even Nico and Nash, it's like. Mm-mm-mm. It's not about the giving of the gifts and all of that. It, what what can I get and how expensive is it and right. the newest model of this and all of that. And it's like, that's not what, I mean, Christmas is incredibly commercial. Oh, yeah, very. <laughs> this reminds me of How I Met Your Mother, the uh, How Lily Stole Christmas episode when uh, Marshall's talking about the decorations and the cookies and and and, and rich and what yes and, and what else could christmas be about and ted's like try the birth of our lord and savior jesus christ <laughs> it's in the name christ math <laughs> but even if you're not religious like christmas yeah is definitely different than it used to be and apparently halloween is too but you know well, I mean, obviously things evolve and change over time, whether He's... like it or not. And I don't like it. I'm a grumpy old man, but it is what it is. And it ain't doing me any good to freaking complain about it. It ain't bringing my Sonics back. It ain't fucking. Very true. And there's a there's a lot of stuff you can go read about Halloween, you know some of the Irish stuff and when he talks about Samhain and then the other movies talk about Samhain and I don't know which is the 
Oh my God. Correct pronunciation. Okay, I feel like I have my COVID brain again, but I don't have COVID. Um, I don't know which is the right one or or if they're interchangeable ideals, but you know, yeah, this guy's real hell bent on punishing these kids for being greedy for candy. Like, what what yeah. the fuck, dude? Clam your tits, okay? It's just a holiday. Yes, it is. We don't need to sacrifice animals and virgins and children anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. So, do you have anything else that you would like to share, or would you care to find out if you have changed my opinion on this movie or not? I would love to hear if your opinion has changed on this movie. <clears throat> so, I fall into the group of fans who were not impressed the first time they saw this movie. I do not feel like it is one of the two or three best movies in the franchise. But I also do not think it is the worst movies in the franchise either. I would safely put it in the middle of the pack. And that's good. That's a good place for it. Um, after seeing 1978 and number two, I had expectations for this movie that were not met. I was honestly nine or ten years old when I first saw the season of The Witch, and my wealth of knowledge had nothing to do with anthologies at the time. Um... But as my immense brain has began to understand this concept, it's become easier to appreciate this movie for what it is. What is it? Probably a three out of five more days to Halloween, 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 <laughs> three out of five more days to Halloween, Silver Shamrock. Very nice. I love it. See, I told you. This movie grows on you. That's why I had to undercut you and make sure I did that first because I didn't want you trying to glam on to the trying to incorporate the number with the how many more days to Halloween. Gotcha. Um, and I I went a different route with mine, <coughs> so we're good. Um, so I will also say I didn't like this movie the first time I watched it either. I thought it was cheesy and stupid. Uh, like you i was younger and so just didn't really have an appreciation for it that's um, my whole point it's like and i'm not trying to overstep you but i mean we fell into that group of people though where especially at eight nine ten years old however old we were when we saw it we were conditioned to expect this that and the other thing from these franchises and that's not what Carpenter gave us. And we weren't mentally prepared enough to accept the idea of anthology franchises. Right, exactly. I agree. So um, you finish your review then. No, you're good. Um, hold on, I wanted to look at something real quick. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Yes, Halloween is. Oops, did I say that out loud? 
Okay. What? <laughs> Whatever. Okay. So, yeah, as I was saying, you know, I didn't like it the first time either. It took some time to grow on me and also for me to get a little bit older um, to learn more about horror and just, you know, other things in life. Um, I will say I think this movie is unfairly vilified because it has the Halloween name attached to it. So if you forget about it like you do and just say Season of the Witch, think of it as a standalone movie. Although we didn't point this out yet. Even though it's not a Michael Myers movie, they still break the fourth wall with showing clips of the original Halloween in this movie. Dr. Chalice is watching it while he's strapped to a chair waiting to get eaten by the face mask. So, Oh, and they show the trailer in the bar, too, at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, so you get a clip of it two different times. So I, I like that little, you know, Easter egg. But again, if you forget about Michael Myers, forget about Halloween, whatever it's it's fun it's scary it's gory it deserves way more love than it gets um and again and probably partly because nigel wrote part of it it's very similar to um the quatermass movies the hammer horror movies Mm. it's a freaking fun story like psycho toy maker i feel like it, it doesn't slow down you're it's constantly kind of going um and it's different to me it's an underrated guilty pleasure i think it has a lot of points to do with you know halloween and capitalism and all this other stuff but even if you don't think about that stuff you just watch the movie and you enjoy it the silver shamrock song will undoubtedly be stuck in your head forever um it does get played 12 times 12 different times in the movie and yes, she counted while we watched it today. Yes, she did. Um, I just, it's its an underrated gem of a movie. I love it. And I am going to give it, objectively though, as much as I love it, three out of five Dr. Chalice mustache rides. I was not going that direction. Well, I would hope you weren't, but objectively it is a three out of five movie but it for my personal enjoyment i give it a four out of five i enjoy it that much but i'm not gonna lie i initially was gonna go one number lower and then i stopped and thought about the fact that what 14 months ago we did a little episode on a movie called Mm -hmm. howard the duck Mm-hmm. That we both gave reevaluated two out of five stars to because we honestly could not justify that movie being any higher. And I was like evaluating and comparing the two, and it's like, okay, is Season of the Witch really as bad as Howard the Duck? No. Not that I don't love Howard the Duck, and if you want our expert opinions on that classic of a movie, go check out that episode. But yes, I think there's elements of Season of the Witch that definitely put it not a lot higher, but you know, a tad. Well, I mean, 
take out the take out the story, the plot line, the acting, all the stuff about it that maybe you don't like. Technically, it's a fantastic film. The effects, I mean, come on, the snakes and the bugs and stuff. How do you think how do you think they did that in 1982? Yes, the robot gore is kind of like, yeah, typical 80s. But yeah. with Marge, when, when her face melts off, that's freaking amazing. When the yeah. kid and the parents die with all the bugs and the, the spiders and the snakes, like, and the way that mask comes apart and, and then the score. I mean, I think if you, if you don't like the storyline or the plot line or what, or the actors or whatever, you can still look at it as a piece of cinema that technically and theatrically is very solid. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think a good solid three out of five is probably a good safe rating. Yeah. For the movie. I concur. And I hope that people will go watch it. Even if you've seen it before and you're like, oh, that movie shit. Um, you have to go into it not thinking of it as a Michael Myers movie. It is not a Michael Myers movie. It is its Here's own... my advice. We're going to recommend people go give this movie a chance. But if you're like we were younger and you're going into it expecting traditional Halloween, you, I recommend doing what I do and Amanda does not do. Just wipe Halloween 3 from your memory. And consider it a standalone movie and watch it with an open mind. I won't take away the Halloween 3 because I think that disrespects John Carpenter and Deborah Hill and Tommy I'm not John Carpenter is... Because this was his baby. It was an... John Carpenter is an awesome second fiddle to the great Wes Craven. John Carpenter paved the way for Wes Craven, just saying. In fact, Wes Craven talked to John Carpenter while he was making Nightmare on Elm Street. Just saying. I can't hear you. That sounds like a you problem. Um, no, I would just say you have to watch it again, not expecting Michael Myers. And you also, you really do have to judge it by that 80s standard because it is quintessential 80s. Ultimately, what you need to do is you need to come into watching the movie with a completely open mind and understand that, like Amanda just said, it is a quintessential 1980s sci-fi horror movie. Yes. And I really want to get Chris Cole to watch it. I think I think we should make him watch it. <laughs> I mean to me if if you were to ask me to classify this movie as one or the other, it's sci-fi would, to me. I would probably go sci-fi over horror. Yeah. There's elements of horror to it, but it's more sci-fi. It's yeah. So if you you know I don't know, I think Chris would shit all over it, but I'd also still like to hear his opinion. Chris <laughs> all over everything. That's true. So when when this episode comes out, anybody who is watching it for the first time or gives it a rewatch and has thoughts, please go to the group and share your comments with us because I'd really like to hear some 
opinions about it. Yeah, I'm actually kind of curious to see if anybody is willing to open their mind far enough to give this movie a chance and see what your thoughts are if you can go into it with an open mind. And even if you think we're completely wrong, but you have some valid points to consider other than it's cheesy 80s bullshit, I'm I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to accept that. We already know it's cheesy 80s, not bullshit, but it's I'm not I'm not accepting that as a reason that it's not a good movie. So if you have and other reasons I'm not accepting the reply of it's garbage. Or trash. Or trash. Unless you can back it up. If you're gonna freaking make it with clear, solid evidence. And I'm not singling out anybody by saying this, but <laughs> please, if you want to make a comment about pro or con for this movie think of a reason or two why you're saying what you're saying yeah come with receipts y'all because <laughs> otherwise the comment threads just get full of shit that nobody can freaking respond to because it's like okay well why are you saying that because it is yeah and i'm not saying it's for everybody not everybody's gonna like it but i think it I just feel like this movie is so underappreciated and so undervalued for at its time what it was. And so, you know, I'm glad that it's it's gained more appreciation. It's gained more of a cult following. It's done better as it's aged, but it I think it's interesting to just give it another shot and and see what you think. So I gave it another shot. I gave it its spot on an evening at the movies. I gave it a spot yeah. there. Halloween Horror Fest. Because I asked you to. And what I say goes. Wapa. <laughs> what is that? That's whipped. Wapa. <laughs> what? Whipped is. <laughs> That's what I said. Wapa. <laughs> you can't do anything. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, on that note, I'm going to thank the dozens as always for being here and listening each and every i can't say each and every week because it's been like a month since we've done it yeah we've been off schedule it's all right we're getting back there and trust me it you guys will all be happy again very very soon so thank you guys for being patient with us and thank you for coming back after our vacations and hiatuses and all of that you guys have no idea how much we appreciate you guys being here. Thank you. And thank you to my awesome co-host for slightly changing my mind as to the quality of this movie. I mean, again, you don't have to love it. I'm not asking everybody to love it. I'm just asking people to give it a little more appreciation than what it has received because it's no. worthy of some levels of appreciation. No, and like I said in my review, it's not, you know, 1978. It's not. Nothing is. <laughs> 2018, but it's also better than Resurrection. Oh, hell yes. H6. Um, RZH2. Yeah. <clears throat> so. I know that I ranked when Halloween, this is before ends, it was when 2018 came out. 
I ranked all of the movies, and I want to say there were 12. Hold on. There were six, and then H2O, Rob Zombie 1, 2, Resurrection, 2018. Maybe there was only 10? There was eight, including H2O and Resurrection, then two. Rob, so 11. So right now, there's 12 Halloween movies. Correct. Okay. Tomorrow night, there'll be 13. Exactly. So I think when I did it, I, I did 11. This is before Kills came out. And I want to say Season of the Witch was probably ranked like four or five on my list. I ranked it pretty high. I think you had told me that, and that was when I pretty much agreed to at some point yeah i'd have to go back and look at it but if i remember correctly it was it was in the top five so but that's just me i get it not for everyone so, so all right well thanks there, casey you're welcome as well um is there anything coming up on the sip list that you want to announce um for sure we have um hopefully we can get this done in the next week or so before i go on vacation you me and kevin um top five t- horror tv series and then the two-year sip anniversary is coming up on the 28th i will be in orlando at um universal halloween horror nights with my family but um we are going to be recording not a horror episode but we will be counting down our top five people that we would ha- want to have dinner with famous people dead or alive um, they have to be real people, but they can be living or not living. So, and hopefully we can squeeze in a top five haunted house movies because I really want to do that one for October. But you know, we'll we'll see. It's if a super not, busy month. Put a bookmark in it and save it till next year. That's true. Not like we're going anywhere anytime soon. You people are stuck with us. Hey, jerk! Speed kills. Sorry, it's at that part oh, of the TV. I'm like, the fuck that was random. You gonna turn this off and watch Halloween with me? I think you need to. All right, friends. I'm zones. We'll I'm turn on AMC and see if it's on. It doesn't work like that. I'm two hours behind you. Well, oh, so it won't show up until that time. Your time. Okay, I got it. Well, that's bullshit. That's why the West Coast sucks. Totally. So, <laughs> See what I did there? Linda. So, really quick again, I know we already went down the list, but, oh, I did forget one other one, but we'll throw it in here right now. Um, coming soon on an evening at the movies, um, we got Halloween Ends coming up, uh, It 1990 Revisited, the Exorcist, Hocus Pocus 1 and 2, Get Out, Old School versus New School debate with Havandre and Dre, and then as well, somebody who's staring at her phone and not listening to me. I am listening. Have to do an episode in the next six weeks on Chopping Mall. Yes. Because I sat through that 90-minute movie while I was in freaking Texas. We're doing it. You liked it. 
because there was boobies. There were some boobies. With quintessential eighties again. Yeah, that one girl had yes um, nipples. Yeah, her areolas were like the size of mini pancakes. <laughs> More like, but not not body shaming, not body shaming. No. Um, yeah, we have to do chopping mall. Chopping mall is a fucking gem. So. <laughs> So, yes, and then, like we said, sometime in probably the middle of January, um, Amanda and I will be coming back and doing the first round matchup reveal for the greatest franchise in movie history bracket, which will start in mid-December and run through till the two-year anniversary for... An evening at the movies. Woo! So, there's all of that to look forward to, plus whatever we're going to end up doing in December. I don't know if we're going to do holiday movies or not, or whether we'll figure something out, but we'll have something for you guys in December. So, with that said, thank you guys again. And... I'm going to turn the reins over to my co-host and let her kick us out of here tonight. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks for being here. Happy Halloween. There's 18 more days to Halloween. 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 And in the meantime, we hope you all come back for an evening at the movies. Goodbye. Peace and hair grease. It's almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon. And remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it. And don't forget to wear your masks. The clock is ticking. It's almost time. Happy Halloween, 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 Happy Halloween, 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 Halloween